And so as we continue our series on the five pillars of the church, as I think about it, God's answer to the problems of this world, think about this, God's answer to the problems of this world is the church. It's not governments, it's not dynamic leaders, it's not uh, more money, it's the church. And so that's why it's so important as we begin a new year that we are clear on what we're focusing on, our five pillars. We're told in 1 Timothy 3.15, if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. And so we are building on the foundation of the pillars of truth. And as we've gone week to week, if you'd like to check it out, they're all posted online so you can rewatch them and share them with friends and family. We started with worship, and God wants us to be participants, not spectators. And today, as we talk about life and being engaged, it is so important for us to recognize that we are to be participating in this. If we don't participate, there's no action that's going to be taking place. There will be no change. And so we need to participate, not just spectate and watch how the world is going, not just spectate and watch how things around us are going, but participate in what God is doing so we can see the positive change he wants to see. Next, we want to have fellowship. We all need good friendships. You know, I think of this issue of life, and I think of the mothers that are going through tough challenges and and really tough decisions to make. They need friends. That baby that's born needs a friend. We, we need places that people in our community can come and build Christian friendships. And so part of our, one of our pillars is fellowship, having times where we can build friendships with each other. We were created to be in friendships, and so we want to encourage that, and we want to focus on that, and we want to make sure that the church is a place that you can build deep, meaningful, lifelong relationships. And last week, we looked at discipleship. We exist to be like Jesus. Every human being has the capacity and ability to reflect Christ in their life through the Holy Spirit. You can look like Jesus if he was you. And so no matter what your life has, ha- has happened, no matter what things have gone on, you can uh, be a disciple of Jesus. You can follow him. And we had Sunday school this morning. We have a Bible study on Wednesday nights. We have Sunday youth group. We have places where you can grow and mature and become more and more like Christ. And we can become more like Christ as his body. And so discipleship, a regularly, weekly meeting and building in our faith through discipleship. And today uh, we're going to the next pillar, which is ministry. Ministry. Now, I grew up in a pastor's home, and uh, if you grow up in a minister's home, a pastor's home, usually you're really rebellious, and usually you don't want to be a pastor because you see behind the curtain. You see that it's not easy, and it's not always fun, and there's hardship in it, and I saw that, and I can tell you as a young man, I ran away from wanting to be a pastor. I never thought I would be a pastor. I actually went three years in college to be a graphic design artist. And so I was not on the track to be a pastor, but God called me and made it very clear uh, that if I was to live out my purpose, to live out the shape he's created me, I, I needed to be a pastor. Well, that all started when I was about 16 years old. My dad would take me to nursing homes And we would go to nursing homes where almost 80% of the people, when it got time for the message, were asleep. 
And so you were basically, you know, hopefully through osmosis, they were hearing your message. Um, but I can remember as a 16-year-old, and we would bring our, uh, a group of kids from our youth group, and we would have a praise team, and they would sing, and then one of us would give a message, and um, this is where my dad would have me give a message every once in a while. And I can remember I, I gave a message on knitting for Jesus and how you can knit for Jesus. And uh, maybe no one will ever remember that except me. But you know, it was the start, and it was so, I had butterflies in my stomach. I was scared to death, even though people were, everyone was sleeping. No one really cared what I had to say, and yet I was so afraid and nervous and and anxious about that, Um, and it took time, and it takes time to get used to doing these types of things. But you need to take a step, and I know for me, my own walk, my own story in ministry uh, was it, it took time. It takes time to trust God through it. But you have to be willing to be obedient if he calls you to do something. And, you know, I believe that the body of Christ is made up of all different types of people, and that's what we're going to look at today. It's kind of like a puzzle. Over Christmas, uh, my daughter, actually our whole family, participated in putting uh, a puzzle together. I have a puzzle here. And, you know, the thing about puzzles is they're made up of a lot of different pieces that look different, right? The pieces are different, but they fit together. And it's not complete until all the pieces have been applied to the puzzle. And my goal this morning, my goal this morning is to encourage everyone in this room that if you've received Jesus as your Savior, you have a unique shape that fits into the body of Christ. And if you don't fit in, there's going to be a missing place. There'll be a missing spot in his body that is so vital for the completion of what he wants to do with us and through us. And so as we live into that idea of ministry, being ministers, I believe that every believer is created, saved, called, gifted, authorized, and commanded to to ministry. And so we're going to look at that and ask the question, Are you accomplishing the ministry God has given you? Will you in your lifetime accomplish the ministry that God created for you to have? You know, every single one of us in this room, God has created us with a unique ministry that he wants us to be a part of. He wants us to be faithful and he wants us to be obedient. And even this morning, if you question the existence of God and you question the existence of Jesus, He still has a plan for you if you'd come to him, and he can use you. And so we're going to ask that question, how can I fulfill my created purpose? How can I live out what I have been created to do? And we're going to look to scripture to see what God's answer for each and every one of us is. So let's precede his word with prayer. Father God, we are grateful for this day that you've created. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your grace. Lord, we're thankful that you have created us each just like uh, the snowflakes, like the leaves, like the, the uniqueness of nature, that each one of us is different, and yet each one of us fits into your plan. And so, Lord, help us to have ears that are open, hearts that are open, and minds that are open to your words. Lord, give us wisdom, give us discernment, help us to know you better now. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look at quite a few verses this morning, so if you have your Bibles, you can follow along, or if you would like, they will be on the screens for you to to see as well. 
Ephesians 4.11 says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. To do what? To equip his people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. And so here we're told, Paul is teaching the Ephesian church, he's saying, look, uh, God has been very specific. Christ himself has created you with a distinct gift. And if you come to Christ, he is going to give you, uh, through the Holy Spirit, a gift. And that gift is to lead in a certain area or to serve in a certain area. And some of the gifts that he gives are apostles which are teachers and proclamators, those who go out and share the good news, prophets, those who speak the truth in love, evangelists who share in new places, go to new places and share the gospel, pastors who train and teach and equip uh, the body and care for the body, and teachers who teach the word of God. And all of these positions of leadership are to help the body, to equip the body to do what? To do the good works that help to, to expand the body of Christ. And so my responsibility is to equip you to do the work Christ has called us to do. We see this through Ruby taking on the responsibility of sharing with uh, Grace House. We see this throughout all the places in our churches. People have served in so many different ways. And so Jesus is very direct. He gives some to lead and they're to lead to equip those so that they can work and do the work of the ministry. Every single one of us in this room, if we're a follower of Christ, is a minister. The word minister in the dictionary, it's a Latin word. It means one who acts upon the authority of another. One who acts on the authority of another. Who are we acting on the authority of? Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ has given us a responsibility as his church to serve him, to be engaged. The world needs the light of the church. The light of the church is produced when we serve in obedience to what Jesus has made us to be. And that makes up our shape, our shape. We all have different shapes, right? (laughs) Those shapes make us who we are. So I've made up an acrostic. This is a common acrostic uh, for the word shape. S, spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says that every believer has at least one spiritual gift. You know, when you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life, to forgive you of your sins, when you repented and gave him your life, the Holy Spirit of God came and lives within you. And part of that amazing event is he gives you a free gift. He gives you a gift. And in that gift, there's a purpose for that gift. That gift is to be used. You know, you can know if if someone likes your gift if they use it. If you get them a tie and they never wear it, then it's not really a gift. you You didn't take advantage of that gift, right? And so it's a gift to be used. It's a gift. And so there's lots of gifts that we're given in in the New Testament. Gifts that, that God gives us. And every single one of us in this room has a gift if you believe in Christ. The Holy Spirit has given you a gift. Have you ever taken the time to search Scripture to see what gift the Holy Spirit has given you? You know, we're told that we are to use our gifts regularly, to strengthen our gifts, to use them in a way that benefits others. Where are you with your spiritual gift? There's no one that is a follower of Christ that is absent a gift. You have a gift. 
And it's seeking the Lord to find out what that gift is and so you can use it. Next is your heart. Philippians 2.13 talks about God giving us passions, the things that, that live within us, that drive us, that give us hope and give us purpose. Our passions are from God. Ruby having the desire to serve and help a pregnant woman, pregnant teenagers, is a passion that God gave her. God gives us passions. Maybe you've been watching the television and you see something and it gives you a passion to care for the needy, care for the poor. Maybe you've been driving down the road and you see a homeless person and there's a passion to take care of that person. There's, a, there's, a, there's something that God stirs within your heart. Maybe you've seen a single mom or maybe you've seen a widow or maybe you've seen an orphan or maybe there's something that God has stirred within your heart that he's given you a passion for. Maybe you're passionate to tell other people about Jesus. Maybe you're passionate to serve in other ways whatever that passion is is not a mistake and it is not by chance that passion is on purpose that passion is given by God to you to be used by you what are you passionate about today you know there's going to be millions of people that tune in to watch the playoffs in football today and they're passionate about that some of us are passionate against that But you know what? Those passions are fleeting because football and this world are fleeting. Passions for the kingdom of God, passions for the thing of God are eternal. And so if he stokes a passion within you, it is for us to determine, is this a passion that I should fuel? Is this a passion that I should ignite? Is this a passion that I should live out? And really the easiest way to tell is it from God. Did God give me this passion? And if he gave you that passion, nothing should stop you from pursuing that passion. If God has given you passion for something today, if he has sparked something in your life today, you should not let anything stop you from pursuing that passion. That is your ministry. Next, we look at the A in shape, ability. Exodus 31.3 talks about how God gave Moses specific ability to lead the Israelites. You know that God has given you specific abilities Some of us are musically inclined. Some of us like working with children. Some of us are good with numbers. Some of us are good with building. Some of us are good with maintaining. We all have unique abilities that are not by chance and not by mistake. Everything that you have been given, God wants you to use for his eternal kingdom. Your abilities are gifts from God that he wants you to use for him. Maybe you've thought, well, my accounting background or my organizational background or, or my uh, ability to be bilingual can't be used in the church. It absolutely can be used by God for his kingdom work. Your ability can be used. Whatever God has given you ability in, he can use it for his kingdom if you will submit it over to him, if you'll live in obedience to him. That is your ministry. That is what God has shaped you to be, specifically, not by chance, not by mistake, but absolutely on purpose to fit into the body of Christ, to serve him. The P represents personality. 1 Corinthians 2.11 speaks that we all have unique personalities, that you have a personality that, that is defined specifically for you. You know, your personality can be used by God. 
Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are, are passionate about things and everybody knows it. Some of us are passionate about things and, and we do things behind the scenes. Your personality is not by chance. Your personality is not by mistake. Every single one of us has been given our personality by God to be used for God. You have a unique shape in your personality. You know, sometimes our personalities rub each other the wrong way because we're so different. But you know that difference is what makes us strong? Because your personality fits the needs that God has for the church and my personality fits the needs that God has for the church and he has different things that he wants to do through each of our personalities. And so we can fight or we can unify. We can ridicule or we can encourage. Personality is one of the power, most powerful things about our, who we are. And we need to encourage each other Defined how God can use our personalities to serve him, to be used by him. And then finally, experience. And I think this is a powerful one that maybe we've missed. Your experiences. Ecclesiastes 2.24 talks about the fact that God allows us to go through all kinds of different things in life. That one day we're on the top of the hill, one day we're on the bottom of the hill. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. You go through great things in your life, you go through painful things in your life. Your experiences have shaped you in drastic and meaningful ways. And your experiences may be the one thing that may be the most powerful thing that God is going to use in your ministry. You may think that horrible thing that happened to your life was a waste. It's not a waste to God. He can use your worst, most dark day and use it to be the most bright light that there can be in your life. You know, others are going through those dark days. Others are going through those experiences and they need to know that there's hope. They need to know that there's grace. And so God has given us these experiences in life, not by mistake, not by chance. Every experience you have had in life has a purpose that God wants to use for the fulfillment of building his kingdom, for building the body of Christ. And so that is your shape, your unique individual shape that fits in to the body of Christ. And if we, uh, if one of us in this room that's called to this place to be part of this body, if we don't submit into that, the whole picture won't be complete. That's why everyone in this room matters. Everyone in this room is important. Every church that meets like this all over the globe was important and matters. And not just on Sunday, but every day of the week that we continue to fill in the shape that God has made us so that we can complete the picture that he is creating on this earth. That is the answer. That is the answer to all of the challenges we see in the world. The church of Jesus Christ answers the problem of death. It answers the problem of sin. And it is the only eternal hope for any human. But it starts with us individually, aligning ourselves with the good news and then being obedient in the way we're shaped. There's a great example in Scripture of how this is revealed in Paul, the apostle's life. If you don't know the story of Paul, he was born and he was raised um, Saul. And he was completely committed to learning and growing as a, as a Pharisee. 
And yet, he had an experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus and radically changed his life. And he became the leader of the church. He planted uh, all many of the beginning churches. He was the one who wrote the most of the New Testament. Most of what we know about Jesus, we know more from Paul about Jesus than anyone else. Because God used him in such a powerful way. And here's what we're told about Paul. 2 Timothy 2.11 says, And if this gospel I will announce, I, will, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. Paul saying, here's my spiritual gifts. I was, uh, this gospel, I was appointed a herald, meaning someone who declares or speaks about or teaches, and an apostle and a teacher. This is the role Paul recognizes he has. His role is to teach and equip the saints, the people, the believers to do the work of, of the gospel. And so Paul recognizes he has a spiritual gift He's very clear. He knows exactly the shape he has for his spiritual gift. His heart, his emotions, Acts 20, 24, it says, However, I consider my, my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. His passion in life went from destroying Christianity. You know what he was doing before he became a Christian? He was arresting Christians. He was putting them in prison. He was the leader of the movement to get rid of Christianity. His passion was to eliminate it. And when he met Christ, it flipped upside down. And now his passion was to share that gospel with whoever he could. And if you read his life story, he goes from jail to jail and stands before magistrates and leaders. And what does he do when he gets before the leaders of his time? He says, I am here to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ. His passion was to share with everyone from the jailer to the king to the emperor the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was passionate about it. It drove him. He recognized that was his ministry and his shape. His ability in Acts 18, 1 through 4, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he responded in the, he, res, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Paul was a tent maker. Not only was he a scholar, not only was he a leader of his time, he lost all those positions because he became a follower of Christ. Then he fell back on his position as tent maker. And so during the day, he would build, he would be a worker within his community, and he used that ability. There are no abilities that God cannot use. This morning, if you are a technical person, if you're an IT person, whatever it is that you have done with your career and your life that you've pursued for your income and for your livelihood, God can use that. That is part of your shape. That is part of your ministry. That was part of Paul's ministry. <clears throat> His personality in Galatians 1, 13-14. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father's. 
His personality was one of achievement. His personality was one of, uh, he was a, a pioneer. He was a, a one who people looked to and saw great things. And so he turned and used that for the Lord. He turned and used that for the kingdom building that God would use him. What about your personality? What is unique about you? What about your shape? How is Jesus using you in his body? And then finally, his experiences. And I think this may be one of the most powerful parts of Paul's story. 2 Corinthians 11, 22-23. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they the servants of Christ? I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with the rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food, and I have been cold and naked. Not a lot of fun experiences there. But that's Paul's experience. His experience strengthened him. We're told that Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And he asked God, please take this thorn away from me. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And God said, in your weakness, I am made strong. Your experiences in life have shaped you. They've shaped you. And what you need to do with those experiences is you need to ask God, is this what you want me to learn from this? Because what we don't want to be shaped by our experiences is bitterness and anger and hostility. Even if terrible things have happened, our shape is not to be bitterness and anger and hostility. Those experiences are to make us stronger. Those experiences are to grow us. Those experiences are there so that we can impact others that go through those experiences. You didn't go through that just for you. You went through that because someone else is going to go through that. And they need hope and they need grace. And they need to know that you can get through that and God still loves you and he's still there providing and leading and guiding. That is your ministry. That is your shape. This morning, as you look at every aspect of your life, there's not one thing God will waste. There's not one thing in your entire life, from your ability to your personality, to your uh, passions, to your history. He will not waste any of it. It'll only get wasted if you try to own it. It'll only get wasted if you hold on to it tightly and say, I don't want to be a minister. I don't want to fit in where I've been created with my shape to fit in. I want to hold on to my bitterness. I want to hold on to my anger. I want to use my abilities just for me. I want to use my passions just for me. I want to use my experiences just for me. That's the only way they'll be wasted. 
He who tries to gain the whole world and yet loses his own soul. What can you give in exchange for your soul? So what are we created to do? Well, we're created to be the body of Christ. The body of Christ is God's answer to all the problems of the world. You are a minister. What is your ministry? If I was to go around and sit down and have a coffee with you or tea or water and we talked, what would would you tell me your ministry is? What is your ministry? Every single one of us has been given a ministry. This isn't to pressure you or guilt you into anything. This is to get you excited that God wants to use you in a powerful way. He's not going to waste you. He doesn't waste anyone. The fourth pillar of this church is ministry. That means we are going to regularly talk about ways that we can use our shape to minister. As leaders, our responsibility is to give opportunities to get equipped to use your ministry. Every single one of us is a minister. We need to be doing our ministries. How can you apply this to your life? I would encourage you to find out what is your shape. If you're a believer in Christ, you've been given a gift. It's important to find out what that gift is so you can nurture it and grow it. Look at your experience and say, God, how can you use my experience? Maybe come to the church and say, here's experience I have. Is there anywhere you can use it? Your personality. There's so many ways that you can serve and be on ministry. And then I would encourage you to do what you are shaped for. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to do what other people do. Do what God made you to do. Don't feel bad if it's not to be a singer or pastor. There's so many things that God needs us to be faithful to that are equally important. Maybe even at times more important. And so we need everyone. The puzzle isn't complete. The puzzle isn't complete if pieces are missing. And so we need you to to seek after the Lord and to see what your shape is. And then help where you're needed. Help where you're needed. Sometimes it takes trying new things to find out what you're shaped for. Do something you may not be comfortable with at first. You never know. God may have shaped you for that. But it takes obedience. You have to stand in front of some people that might be asleep and talk about things they don't really care about for a little while. You might have to do things that humble yourself and you feel like this is below me. Or you might do things that you wouldn't normally do because you're being faithful to what God's called you to do. You know, God sees that. God sees your humility. God sees your obedience. And he always blesses and shows favor to that kind of faith. But he needs all of us. It begins with our relationship to him. If you don't know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you've not been twice born, born physically and born spiritually, then this really doesn't matter. It is not until you become child, children of Jesus, children of the King, that you can really, truly live out your ministry. But once you find out that you're saved and you know it and you're living it, then you need to find out what God put you here to do. What is your ministry? 
What purpose did God form you in your mother's womb? What purpose did God bring you out of your mother's womb into this world for? What purpose did God give you your gift, give you your passion, give you your ability, give you your personality, and then give you your experiences for? Why? You are a unique story. 